Welcome to the Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I am Jim. I'm Pat. And we are a podcast dedicated to the outdoors for the states of Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. If your state borders Lake Michigan, this podcast is for you. We cover anything outdoors, especially hunting, fishing, mountain biking, conservation, any issues you got concerning the outdoors. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome and enjoy the show. So welcome. This week's a little different. Uh, we had a bit of a confusion happen. We usually record this like uh, the weekend before you would hear it. So it's not like it's a couple weeks back. We've always wanted to get ahead of the schedule and never have. Um, but this weekend would have been Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. The problem we ran into is nobody could make it for a podcast. Me and Pat were like hassling with times, and both of us had several parties and get-togethers on top of a couple of fishing occasions, and nobody can get in a room at the same time, including Bushlight Billy and Kelsey's Corner. So it is literally just me. I'm just kind of filling in for the uh, the week. We are. I'm going to introduce something after the news. I'm still going to do a couple of news segments here. Um, after the news, I'm going to tell you next week what you can look forward to. It's actually kind of a a big topic. Me and Pat were going to record something real quick, and I'm like, ah, let's just let me just put something out there uh, for the people that do our loyal fans that do listen every week. Um, I want to put something out there. We're not. I do apologize. This isn't like the, exactly the episode that you're used to, but I am going to introduce something. Uh, first, my week was uh, just kind of a normal outdoorsman's week, but the one thing that was different on Saturday that actually got in the way of recording the podcast is Kel talked me into going into uh, the Forge in Lamont. For anybody that's familiar, it's I would call it a treetop park. We actually did one in Wyoming once. So it built up this huge, it's almost like an adult jungle gym, and there's like logs hanging from ropes, and you got to walk from this to that. You're laying, you're, you're tied into the, this thing the entire time, so you're not you're not gonna fall. You're not nothing bad's gonna happen. And it was, my favorite part of the whole thing was uh, one of two things. I'd have to say probably, my absolute favorite would probably be the part. It was like a 80, 90 foot rock wall, and then you get to a rappelling device, like a belay device at the top, and you were literally just free fall rappel down about 80, 90 feet back to the ground. And that was a lot of fun. But after all is said and done, you can make this last as long as you want, really. But after all is said and done, uh, this is located at the Lamont Quarries. And there's a one zip line. We were about 100 feet in the air. We hooked the zip line in. And you actually zip line across the quarries and finish up. It's actually a very exciting time. Uh, it's very physically demanding. and But it, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I did, I did some fishing. Didn't do that great. I'm talking to a lot of other fishermen who also haven't been doing that great. And it's funny because like, I talk to certain people and they're doing awesome, and then other people, like they just can't get anything. Me and my brother-in-law, Nick, went out, and we beat up the river real good. Not even a bump. And it was just uh, it was kind of frustrating. But on Friday night, I did land some bass in my favorite little creek. And uh, that's about it. It was hot. It's hot. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not built for the heat. I think I'm better built for the snow and cold. And uh, I'm not... I'm not doing well with the heat, but it is what I signed up for. So I have ways of dealing with it. I hope you guys do too. And, uh, hopefully it breaks soon and all that. And, uh, yeah, let me get into the news here. So I have uh, a quick little one. It's almost like a hidden gems for Indiana. It's not my hidden gems. I found this one and this is from only but explore Indiana's fossil record at this underrated state park. So the state park is located in like, I'm guessing Southern Indiana. Uh, it is, uh, let me find the name here. 
I just had it, of course. It is called Falls of the Ohio State Park. It's underrated. It's an underrated state park in Indiana. Indiana has uh, 24 state parks. This one is one of the smaller ones. It's only 165 acres, but it is loaded with fossils. Here lurks some truly wondering spider fossil beds thought to be 390 million years old. And they go on and on about how you can go fossil hunting here. And it's a very unique place that they say people that uh, grew up in Indiana and are fully invested in Indiana even don't know about this park. So it, it actually goes into just how you can go there and really have a good experience. Um, so yeah, that is for Indiana. In Wisconsin, this one I wanted to dive in a little bit more with Pat. I find this important, so I'm just going to mention it here. This is from OutdoorLife.com. Wisconsin waters are warming. Its walleye fishing stocking and programs are in trouble. So the gist, this is a huge, huge article. and But the gist of it is they're saying that on average, they, the way they measure the temperatures in Wisconsin lakes, the lakes are getting warmer. And, you know, that's always up for debate on whether it is or not. And But all, the, all that aside, they are very concerned that by the year of 2050 that the walleye would even be uh, – walleye is the number one sought-after fish in Wisconsin. The, fi- the state fish is the muskie, but the number one sought-after is walleye. And there are tons of lakes all over the state. There's 15,000 lakes in the state, I believe is what it said. And most of the time people are going after the walleye. Believe it or not, bluegill, bluegill, like panfish in general, let's just say panfish in general, are very sought after in Wisconsin as well. Uh, but they're, this article is specific for walleye. And they're saying, we look, we stock every year, every year, every year. And they said, when we got into stocking, the solution was we're going to get the stocking going and then natural reproductions for should take over and the stocking should go back like to almost nothing. And they said the uh, reverse is true. They're saying that it we're not getting the results. We're actually stocking more and more and more. And they're, they're looking into it more and more. Why is that? And they're saying, well, these lakes aren't really staying cold enough for where a walleye like to be. And 835,000 walleye were stocked last year in 151 uh bodies of water two point since 1972 2.3 billion walleye have been stocked in wisconsin's lakes and rivers so their biggest concern is they're making they're making some pretty uh scary predictions that by the end of the century there will be no walleye in in wisconsin some people are saying by 2050 so 2050 is around the corner i could tell you i've been in my line of work for 15 years now so to imagine another 20 almost 30 years is it's going to go by quick and so pretty that they, they get into so many different things in this, but it, it's more, it's more problems and solutions, but it is something to think about. It's, uh, they really have to find a way to keep the walleye fishing alive because it is the most sought after, uh, believe it or not, uh, they did like the surveys and I wonder if I could find it real quick here, but, uh, most of the people that I travel to Wisconsin, you would think would be for muskie and it, it turns out it's not. And, and that also includes locals and all that stuff, the people, you know, all the residents of Wisconsin. Um, so, yeah, pretty much they're worried that walleye stocking, and I might come back to this with these guys because I do kind of want to have a debate about it. No, not a debate, but a discussion, I should say, um, about what could happen to walleye. Because Bush like Billy, for instance, he's more of a walleye fisherman than probably anybody I fish with, really. And he just likes the whole science behind it and what it takes and finding them. And he's actually very good at it. And... Yeah, he's my he's kind of my walleye go-to guy. He he claims to not know 
as much as he does know. But uh, yeah, he's my guy. So I'd like to have him here to talk about it. I do know, like uh, being further south of Wisconsin, that the water does heat up quick. And where it does, uh, there does seem to be less walleye. The one river I do fish, um, instead of having walleye, it has sauger, which I didn't dive into too much if it's more of like, a, you know, a, a tougher fish for warmer water or not. But it's funny that we have sauger, but not walleye. But this creek last year, I was out on it the one time and it was 84 degrees. I know walleye are not going to survive in 84 degree water, at least not for any length of time. It's the same reason why we don't have trout in these waters. Trout need cold, clean water to survive. And they stock them in the spring because the waters can handle them. But by summer, they will not. They will all die because of uh, water temps. So pretty much this is going to start crossing over into walleye who are slightly more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like uh, adaptive to warmer water. So that's for, that's for Wisconsin. Um, in Illinois, as most of you guys know, I am not a big fan of Governor Pritzker. Uh, he, he has done so many bad things for the state that uh, – he just with the whole pandemic and everything, he's done a terrible job and he's focusing his time on all the wrong things. I did one for the state rock last, uh, last week. And this week I'm going to do, uh, this is from Riverbender designates the official state snake of Illinois. So he met with kids again and they came up with a snake. The Eastern milk snake is found across all of Illinois. It lives in fields, woodlands, rocky hills, and river bottoms. The milk snake ranges, ranges from 24 to 36 inches in length, has smooth scales, Large blotches with brown or black borders and a Y or V-shaped mark on its head. It's not poisonous snake and are even bred as pets. And once again, Bush like Billy, he's a snake guy. So I know he's had some uh, pet snakes over the years. And then going to Michigan, this one, it's uh, you can take it for what you want with the outdoors. It's not exactly outdoors news, but this, oh, I'm sorry. This is from woodtv.com. Mysterious bunker found in Rogue River State Game Area. So this guy was walking around in the woods and he came across a bunker. Like, and this isn't some like old bunker. Like it looks like they just finished it. Like he chased the guys out of the woods almost. It's uh, three feet deep. It's 15 by 15. And it's been speculated what it's for. They don't know who built it. And it's very eerie in these woods. He actually took news reporters back there. It's so hidden that he went there and found it once. Took people back to find it again, and he's like, they almost didn't find it. So he actually, it's funny. So he was making phone calls to try and like let people know, and it started. So he called the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, which referred him to the FBI, which referred him to local police. So he just ended up back at the same part where he started. But they speculate. They're like, well, what if it's a paintballing thing? He says, no, nah, it's not a paint. You wouldn't need a bunker like this for paintballing, and not just that, but it's mail built out of sandbags and they're like it'd be great for aim so what they're with pretty much at the end of the day what they're guessing this is for is like a militia group some sort of local militia group that uh trains there or is predicting the end of the world there or whatever but so they found this bunker in the rogue river state game area and they have no idea what it's for so those are the news articles i know i kind of breezed through it um I kind of like having everybody here as a discussion and like, I do apologize again. It was just a, it was just one of these weird weekends. Saturday, I was busy Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. I was busy Saturday night. Pat was busy. Same thing Sunday morning. And then we had our own father's day thing. We had to meet up with, with our family and our sister and our other brother and all that. And all of a sudden Monday came and, uh, with heat waves and overtime, we were working and we just couldn't, we just could not make this week work. But I told him, I said, I'm gonna, I gotta get something out there. So he's like, cool, do it. You know? 
But what's coming next week, we're going to record it this weekend. And next week we were talking, uh, first of all, the way the conversation went is I told him, I don't want to just be a fishing and hunting podcast. Like I want it to be full circle, conservation, environmental, because we are good. We, we love hunting and fishing. It's not just like how to shoot a bow and how to cast a reel. We want it to be why you're able to do those things here and why life is okay here and stuff like that. So it's kind of like we want to go like full circle with the whole thing. And so what we're going to get into next week is in the Midwest, they're predicting a major energy crisis. And from way farther south than you think to way for, farther north than you think, they're actually going to start, uh, they're very worried about the energy supply. And I'm not just talking about gas prices. We are going to dive into a little of gas prices and what's causing the gas and all that stuff. But what I'm talking about is your house and all the different kind of energy, the way you get your energy and what is actually good versus bad. And, but we are on a, we are on a verge of a crisis coming. And in the Chicagoland area, um, I don't know how big of a deal it's actually going to be here because they're going to focus, they're obviously going to focus energy on the higher populated areas. But the further you get away from a metropolitan area, you might be affected with brownouts and things like that. So we're going to dive into that um, more next the, uh, next time you hear this podcast. It's going to be more about stuff like that. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be uh, it's something that I, I like talking about. I just like uh, and Pat agreed. He's more the gadget, uh, how to do this, how to do that type guy. I'm more into like the you know, the 10,000 foot view of, uh, the whole thing. So when I'm looking at, you know, the outdoors, I'm looking at my deer hunting. It's like, it's important to me why we're able to go deer hunting, not just the deer hunting itself, why fishing's available, why all this stuff is available. So we're going to dive into, I just want to, I don't always, I'm not saying we're getting away from hunting and fishing at all. I don't, I don't mean that at all. Hiking and, you know, Cal was doing paddle boarding and we got kayaking and we're not getting away from that at all. But every now and then we do want to spit out a topic on, hey, keep an eye on this because this is very life-changing type things. Certain things could be coming along down the line that would actually cause you to like want to move. And, you know, the, the quality of life could be different around here and the availability of things could be different around here. So we kind of want to talk about those as well. So coming next week, yeah, we're going to talk about an energy crisis that they are predicting. You can start Googling it if you want and get your own information. But there is an energy crisis coming, and we want to talk about it because this affects us all. And I don't care if you're in northern Wisconsin, if you're in southern Illinois, um, this is going to affect you. It, it's coming. It's a thing. And it's not just, uh, you know, tin hat people like saying stuff. It's not this guy in a bunker that they found in Michigan coming up with this. this is, there's actually some science behind it. And that's what we were going to talk about this weekend, but we just all couldn't get in the same room. Hell, I mean, even Kel's my wife, and we've only spent a little bit together at a time because it, it was just a busy thing. She was here, I was there. You know, we'd go somewhere together, and then we'd go somewhere together, and then we'd split up again. And uh, But we were never really like in a, in a spot this weekend where we can do a podcast. And then also, we found out my little dog, Leo... Um, like, for instance, another big thing that came up with him is he, we found a growth in his small intestine. So now he's getting operated on. The dog's going to be gone for a little bit. It's going to be expensive. This is all a few weeks before we go to Alaska. And so you can just see that it, it, it's just kind of a crazy time for us right now. We're not any, by any means done with this. It's just the, the Father's Day weekend, we, we usually don't have parties to go to. We had a bunch of them to go to all at the same time, you know, so... 
So just, uh, I'm not, I don't want to say that this was a waste of everybody's time, because it's definitely not. You got some news, you got some uh, updates coming. And tune in next week, and we will talk about the energy crisis. Thank you for listening, especially all the people that follow us every week. I do appreciate you listening to this. Thanks. Thanks.